Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we go behind the scenes of Uncut Gems and the WWE. The critically acclaimed film Uncut Gems, directed by brothers Josh and Benny Safdie, recently hit Netflix. Come on, KG, this is no different than that. This is me, all right? I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win, all right? In the movie, star Adam Sandler is always on the move and always in focus, thanks to a piece of camera tech called the Light Ranger 2. Writer Charles Bromesco wrote about the Light Ranger 2 and its fascinating backstory for InputMag.com. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. The combination of unpredictable choreography and a depth of field flattened by distance would have made focusing scenes in uncut gems impossible. That is, if not for a focus calibrating device called the Light Ranger 2, which has amassed a cult following among Hollywood's camera crews. The Light Ranger 2 is going to revolutionize this piece of the industry, says Chris Solano, the A-camera assistant on Uncut Gems. It's already started. Thanks for joining me, Charles. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. On a very basic level, what is the Light Ranger 2 and how does it work? The Light Ranger is using infrared to measure the distance at each of these points across the frame. The rectangles below the horizontal line are in front of where the lens is currently focused. The rectangles above the line are behind where you're focused. And then once you're in the depth of field, the bars turn green. So this gives you instant visual feedback. Instead of looking down at a number and back up at the action and back down at the number, you have everything you need right here on your monitor display. So it is a piece of camera equipment. It plugs into a camera, and what it does is that it helps with arranging focus. Uh, When you're manually operating a camera, you know, uh, if the lens is focused improperly, then the subject of the frame, the person or whatever you're concentrating on, will be blurry, either, you know, too close or too far. And the way that the Light Ranger 2 assists in that process is that it sort of overlays a 16 column grid and that helps you sort of get a visual representation of depth of the frame so that when you're calibrating this focus you can get it right you know specifically right on the money every single time so why is the light ranger 2 so well suited for uncut gems so the way that these directors josh and benny safety like to work is that they uh, they sort of shoot from the hip you know as far as uh, live photography goes is that they like to use a lot of spontaneity and improvisational energy and sort of let their actors Rome free, uh, which is all well and good unless you're on the street. A lot of this movie takes place on the street uh, using very long lenses, and so uh, when the person's movement is unpredictable, that means that they can very easily get out of the range of focus. The Light Ranger 2 helped to anticipate and account for these often unpredictable movements. One of the scenes that the directors mentioned in the piece is uh, right after Adam Sandler's character Howard hits it, hits it big. He wins a big bet, and he's so excited that he starts running in circles around his office, which I believe was not the original blocking for that scene, but the camera operator on that day was able to catch up sort of on the fly and make that work by using the Light Ranger to keep him in focus, even as he got closer and farther away from the camera. I love you. 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 The Light Ranger has an interesting backstory, which involves legendary filmmaker Stanley Kubrick. What can you tell me about how the Light Ranger developed? 
Yeah. So um, one of the people I spoke to for the article was the actual inventor of the Light Ranger. And uh, he was saying that while working on a film about Olympic runners, uh, Stanley Kubrick caught wind of this invention existing, even in, in a sort of earlier, more, more prototype uh, form. And he was very interested by this potential. He also liked working in very precise measurements with focus. And he thought that this would be a huge help for him on what was then a early development eyes wide shut. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away before he got the chance to really integrate this technology but he looked strongly into it played around with it helped develop it and do you get the sense that the light ranger 2 is catching on in hollywood i think so i um i spoke to a few different camera operators who have used it and although it's not in super wide use because it does require a good amount of training to really get a feel for it but uh, everyone who goes through that training and starts using it says they never go back everyone who uses it once they're like oh my god i have no idea how i ever worked without this this is it's a huge huge boon to the process. And so I think that maybe uh, in film school, knowledge of using this equipment might become more commonplace, more standard. And yeah, I, I think, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, it could very easily become an industry standard, you know, across the whole of Hollywood. You can follow Charles on Twitter at Into the Crevasse. Now on to today's second story. Professional wrestling is one of the few sports that's still happening. Global pandemic be damned. Welcome to the brilliance. Welcome to the splendor. Welcome to WrestleMania. And even though all the matches are scripted, you can still bet on the winners and losers, courtesy of online sports books. Writer Jack Needham recently wrote about how this wagering works for InputMag.com. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. You bet on what WWE think is best for business, says Graham McGaw, the founder of Bet WWE, a popular WWE gambling site and podcast. If someone's wrestling in their hometown, you bet against them because they always lose, he says. WWE think having someone lose in their hometown means money the next time. Welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First question, we're in a pandemic right now. How and why is pro wrestling still happening? That's quite a good question. And to be honest, I don't really know the full answer. Obviously, WWE is the biggest one, the biggest sports entertainment company in the world. So they're still going. All the matches are on a completely closed set at the um, WWE Performance Center in Orlando. Uh, And they have been there for around five weeks now, I'd say. But like I said, it's not just WWE. Um, their sort of new arrival, AEW, are also kind of doing uh, doing a very similar thing. Um, wrestling behind closed doors, absolutely minimal crew and commentators, and that's about it, really. But I guess the main reason is uh, money. And I think they also want to keep their prominence on the television stations. But at the same time, saying that, it doesn't make any sense why they're still going on. The responsible thing should have been to shut it all off a few months ago, I'd say. Wrestling outcomes are predetermined. How is it that you can bet on them? Uh, with wrestling, there's not really that much that sort of you can go to to determine the outcome, at least from a sportsbook's perspective. So these kind of fall within special or novelty markets, which essentially similar bets could be uh, if you want to bet on the outcome of a soap opera or who would be the next James Bond and wrestling falls within the um, same parameters, I guess. And we're not talking about a real lot of money here, are we? 
No, and that's kind of the reason why they are deemed a special bet. So I don't think anyone's going to make millions betting on wrestling because in most places, in most sports books, the max bet that you can place is around $50. So low risk, low reward uh, for both the person gambling, but also for the sports books themselves because on normal, well, quote unquote normal sports, there's a lot of data and, and sports books put a lot of money into trying to A, predict odds on matches but also collect the data around matches and to make a greater informed decision on where they think the match will go whereas in wrestling you don't have that it's essentially created by a boardroom full of writers who essentially decide amongst themselves what the ending will be but there are leaks in the story you discuss that phenomena leaks can and do happen and from the WWE perspective obviously they don't want their storylines being leaked like these usually come from I guess people within the company or associated with the company or even if it's just a sort of WWE gossip website or something like that they'll have their insiders sort of feeding information out to them so there's quite a few ways it can get out but in terms of betting sort of these can and I guess do affect the betting markets so WrestleMania 30 in in 2014, The Undertaker, for those who don't know, is the phenom, the WWE living legend, I guess. So he had a 21-year unbeaten streak at WrestleMania, which was broken by a wrestler called Brock Lesnar. And the fans were absolutely gobsmacked when that happened um, because nobody expected it. Brock Lesnar into the cover, hooks the leg, the streak is over. But as Forbes reported at the time, Sportsbooks uh, Bavada offered a minus 3,000 odds in the Undertaker's favour, meaning a bet of $3,000 would win only $100. So it was essentially certain that the Undertaker was going to win, at least from the Sportsbooks perspective. But at 6.15 on the night of the event, these odds shifted quite mysteriously in Brock Lesnar's favour, which means that perhaps some smart betting was placed before which means that some information may have uh, leaked within certain circles that influenced how people bet but these things are quite hard to pinpoint whether like, the exact specifics of what happened but yeah that's the kind of example of perhaps when you can see how some leaks perhaps sway how people bet given all this i'm wondering have you or will you ever bet on wrestling yourself Personally, I never have, and I probably won't either. Um, I guess the reason for that is I just don't really feel like I'll gain anything from it, whether money-wise or the thrill of having money placed on a decision that I've made. And I don't think I'm the only one in thinking that. So one of the sources that I spoke to for the story with Import Mag was someone called Tim Jowell, who runs a YouTube channel called Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. I like to think that I'm more a casual wrestling fan, or at least in the grand scheme of things, because there are some people who analyse every match, every move, every behind-the-scenes manoeuvre, and I just don't keep up with it to that extent, to be perfectly honest. But um, yeah, he's essentially dedicated his life, and now through his YouTube channel, his livelihood to wrestling and wrestling betting. But he has never once bet on wrestling himself, and um, he doesn't really feel any desire to. I think he just is someone who enjoys the product and trying to understand it better and figure out where it could go next. You can follow Jack on Twitter at It's Jack Needham, and I am at Mark Yarm. 
For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.